in order to uh, maintain this ruse, they move back in with um, Schmidt's parents <laughs> who are like, like obsessed with like Native American like art and stuff and so their house is covered with all these different things and all these like old pictures of schmidt that are really funny like a shrine of him they do he looks like i died in a car crash and (laughs) you haven't moved on You're listening to Atlas Now Streaming, the podcast where we talk about your favorite movies, television shows, and documentaries on streaming platforms. Atlas Now Streaming is produced by Atlas Men Staff with your hosts, Jamie Zarlingo and Nina Granger. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nina. Today we're talking about Nina's favorite movies. So if you remember, last month was my birthday. We did my favorite movies. We missed Nina's birthday in December. So instead of waiting like basically a year, we decided to make February her favorite movies. Yes. And um, you're going to get the vibe very quickly that Nina loves comedies. I do. Um, Comedies and rom-coms are really my favorite genres. So... um... It was hard for me to, I wanted to kind of do something a little bit different and mix in some of my other movies that I really like, but being just true to myself, I just am, I'm a big comedy person, so. Hey, my, some of my favorites are comedies too, so. Yeah. There's, I love a good comedy and especially like a good comedy, you know, Mm -hmm. because there's so many like dumb comedies out there that are just like super lowbrow and those can be good too. But I feel like the movies on this list are not only funny, but they're also just super well-written and just have some great characters. And a lot of them are super star-studded. Yes. I'd actually picked another... I'd picked two Steve Carell movies at first, and I was like, okay, maybe not both <laughs> hey, of them. you can never have too much Steve Carell. I, I love him. I love him so much. He's, He's so wonderful. great. He really is. Um, but yeah, so the movies that we're going to be re- reviewing today are Neighbors. Um and then 21 and 22 Jump Street, and then Crazy Stupid Love. Yay. Yeah. Right. Let's start with Neighbors. So, yeah, we'll start with Neighbors. Um, so, Neighbors came out in May of 2014. Um, it's directed by Nicholas Stoller. I'm not sure what else he's directed, but the cast is pretty star-studded in this one. Um, Seth Rogen is the main character, and he is married to Rose Byrne in the movie. Um Zac Efron is in the movie, Dave Franco, and then Lisa Kudrow makes a little little appearance in there, too. Oh. Um, this movie just, like, killed it at the box office. So it was an 18-million budgeted movie, and it made $270.7 million in the box office. So oh, damn. That's a lot. I was really surprised to see that um, because I didn't realize that, uh, there are a lot of people that I know that haven't seen it. Um, I don't know it how didn't, it didn't get a lot of like press. I don't think I remember seeing like like previews for it, but I don't remember it being like you know like because some of these movies are like shoved in your face. Yeah, I don't think that it did either. I think that if you are familiar with like if you look out for like Seth Rogen movies and that kind of stuff, then you know that it's it was coming or that it had come out. But if that kind of comedy isn't your thing, then it would be easy to probably overlook it. But it, I thought it was really great. Obviously. Um, it's just hilarious. It won a ton of awards, actually. So many that I didn't even want to write it down. I'm just going to, like, read it off of, um... Like MTV awards and... Yeah, it was nominated for a ton of awards. It won Best Comedy Poster. I don't know (laughs) what that means. Um, Best Comedy TV Spot, um, at the 15th Golden Trailer Awards... For the MTV Movie Awards, um, Zach Efron and Dave Franco won the Best On-Screen Duo. Um, Zach Efron won Best Shirtless Performance. <laughs> I didn't know that was a category, but I totally support it. Um, there were a bunch of nominations for that one. They also <laughs> they also won a hashtag WTF moment. I, I really want to know what moment they're referring to in that one. Um, it was nominated for some awards at the Young Hollywood Awards. Mm. Um, for the People's Choice Awards, it was nominated, and it was nominated. Oh, but Rose Byrne was um, nominated for Best Actress for the Critics' Choice Awards 
in 2015. So um, it didn't take a whole bunch of wins, but it was nominated a whole bunch of times. So it was just, it's just a really good comedy. Um, you can find this on Amazon Prime. It got a 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. So seems like there's a pretty good um, reception to the movie. So basically the plot of the movie is that Mac, who's played by Seth Rogen, um, and his wife Kelly, who's played by Rose Byrne, are a couple, and they have an infant daughter named Stella. They live in this house um, in the neighborhood. They're first-time parents, and the house next door had been vacant for a long time, and it was purchased by a fraternity, um, Delta Psi Beta. So they mm-hmm. go by Delta Psi. Um, so the like local college fraternity bought this house next to them, and so. Um, they're already kind of having a hard time adjusting to new parent life. Um, they have two really good friends, Jimmy and Paula, that are always trying to get them to go out, and they just can't do that, obviously, anymore. So they're already kind of in, like, a delicate state, and then this party fraternity moves in next door. And you can kind of tell throughout the movie that Mac and Kelly were both, like, super fun people prior to having a child and that it has been a hard adjustment for them um like they still smoke pot they still like go out with their friends sometimes but it's been a hard adjustment for them to sort of settle down um the fraternity president teddy who's played by zach efron um he wants to throw a giant end of the year party at the house once they move in so um they are throwing parties weekly. It's like kind of a wild place. Obviously, they're having issues with getting the noise under control. Mac and Kelly, who are super nice, and at first they're very willing to, um, they go over and introduce themselves. They say like, hey, we've got this daughter. Um, she's really little, and obviously she goes to bed early. So if you guys could just kind of keep the noise down. And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. But then they're still having parties all, all at the time. Um. They go over to tell Teddy one night to try to keep the noise down at the party, and Teddy invites them into the party. Mm-hmm. They have a yeah, super this. fun time. Yeah, they meet all the all the fraternity men, and they just get wasted, and they have a, a awesome time. Um, and Teddy kind of feels like they form this <laughs> this friendship with Mac and Kelly, and they sort of come to an agreement that's like, hey, if you just call me, Teddy says, if you just call me and tell me that we're being too loud, then we'll, we will keep it down. And they're like, okay, great. Um, and then the next, the next night it happens again and the, they're having a giant party again and Mac is trying to call Teddy and he can't get a hold of him. Um, and so they, they decide to call the police and report an, like an anonymous noise complaint to <laughs> the police and they come by and the, um, the officer is Hannibal Burris. He's that, yes. he's just, I don't remember what else he's in. He, I just... He's funny. He's so funny. He's great in this movie. Um, but he just like totally outs them to <laughs> Teddy. He's like, oh, yeah, these people called. And they're like, no, no, it wasn't us. And so Teddy's pissed. And because uh, <laughs> the cops come and bust their party, he's super mad at Mac and Kelly. So he feels betrayed. And so they basically kind of um, declare war against the neighbors. So... Um, there's like a there's a scene where Stella is like eating a condom that she f- like found in the front yard. Oh, it's yeah. super gross. Um, the, like all of these different things happen that they're just like harassing the neighbors. And so Mac and Kelly go to the dean of the college, who is played by Lisa Kudrow, and she just says that the fraternity has three three strikes on campus um, that they just like can't violate whatever laws or whatever they get three strikes and then then they're out so knowing that um mac and kelly start to kind of plot against them to get them kicked out of their fraternity house and um they set up all these traps so there's another there's another um guy in the house pete who's like the vice president of the fraternity who's played by dave franco and kelly sort of pits Teddy and Pete against each other um, with Teddy's girlfriend. She convinces or, like, kind of tricks Teddy's girlfriend into sleeping with Pete, which makes their friendship, like, super awkward, obviously. Um, a whole bunch of different things happen that they um, – what's the one that they – they, like, flood the basement mm-hmm. um, of the house, and then the house is, like, condemned um, – Basically, they just do all all these shenanigans to try to get them kicked off campus. They get them in trouble for hazing. Um, 
or they try to get them in trouble for hazing. They try to convince one of the pledges to out them. But then he he's so loyal to Dal's aside that he was like, no, like Mac and Kelly put me up to this and whatnot, and just like escalates things. Is it um, McLovin in this movie too? Yes, he is. I can't remember what his. So I, just, I just think of him name. like who do who. Yes, <laughs> yes, he's also in it. There's like so many, like all the men in the fraternity house that are like the main characters in the movie are just hysterical. Um, the plot of this movie is pretty basic. Basically, you know, just like neighbors pissing or pissing each other off kind of thing how does it end again um so at the end so we know that teddy has fireworks up in his room which we find that out kind of in the beginning when they're having the big party at the very beginning that teddy's got this like huge thing of fireworks saved because they want to have a big party um at the end of the year and so they get into the house at the end of the movie and light the fireworks um on fire and fireworks are like flying out of the window. They hit a cop car. It's this big deal. Um, and it gets them, it gets, Teddy has to take the fall for it. It gets them kicked out of their house. Um, and then eventually, like at the very end of the movie, it's kind of funny that Teddy is kind of this, like the only thing he cares about in college is his fraternity. So he is just otherwise not really going to amount to anything which is sad to say, but he's just kind of, he's just there for the party. So later on, Mac and Teddy run into each other. Teddy's working at Abercrombie and Fitch, and he's like, he's outside as like posing as a model, and they just kind of see each other in their in their new lives, and everything's, everything's good. I don't know. It's kind of a basic plot, but a lot of shenanigans happen, and it's just hysterical watching the, the two, the fraternity versus the neighbors um, doing all the things. Wasn't there a sequel? There was a sequel um, with a with a sorority. So, like in the sequel, a sorority moves into the house, and then basically, like same the same thing happens. Did you see the sequel? I didn't. I did. My husband liked it. I thought it was okay. Was it um, glowy, glowy, <laughs> Chloe Moritz? That yeah, wasn't she in it? She was in it, and then it was another like big name. Um, glowy. <laughs> oh, you know, glowy. <laughs> you know, glowy. Two. I remember, um, yeah, 2014 was the year I graduated college. I remember this movie coming out, and I think I saw it with my husband, then boyfriend. And I remember thinking this movie was hysterical. It is so funny. And um, it made it... Um, Selena Gomez is in the second Selena Gomez. That's it, yeah. Okay. Um, it made me think, um, you, uh, where did you go to college, Nina? So I went to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, which is a Big Ten school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a sorority and maybe that's why this movie is hilarious and relatable to me because that I could definitely see this happening in so, real life. So you guys had like like fraternity and sorority row, right? Yes, like we the did. just like lines of houses. So mm-hmm. I went to Creighton University. We did not have that. Mm-hmm. Um, Creighton is a private school. Um, it's also a Jesuit school so they have pretty strict rules on um the houses for the sororities and the fraternities so i think only one sorority had an actual house and i remember like not a lot of the fraternities had houses like they it was similar to this movie where they actually had to like rent out a house Mm -hmm. and that was like the sorority or the fraternity house but like my sorority kappa we did not have one because kappa the sorority Technically, it's actually a fraternity because it was one of the first sororities ever, and that's when they were called fraternities, but that doesn't matter. Um, So it was one of um, that, as a sorority, they had very specific rules on the housing. Right. And then Creighton also had rules on housing. So we just didn't have a house. So um, I just thought, for me, that was kind of funny, too, like just imagining, you know, moving into a house and then a fraternity buys the house next to you or rents the house next to you. Like that's, ugh. That, like, terrifies me because especially my neighborhood, not that any fraternities would rent a house in my neighborhood. It's nowhere near any colleges. But just, like, the thought of that freaks me out. (laughs) For sure. And it's funny in the movie, too, because um, Mac and Kelly obviously freak out when this fraternity moves in next door and they try to sell their house. And, like, nobody wants to buy the house next to the fraternity. So they're stuck there. Right. No. Especially if you have a baby. Like, there's just no way. No. (laughs) There's just no way. Nope. Plus, their yard was like a mess. I mean, their house looked just like this dumpster fire all the time. So mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to live next door to that. Absolutely kind not. of funny. Um, at my college, we had a dry campus, though. And so all of our fraternity mm. and sorority houses were 
located on the dry campus, so we could not have um, liquor in the houses, no house parties. So it just happened off campus, basically. There's, I forget which one it is, but if you drive on Dodge Street, you can actually see one of the fraternities, their yep. houses, their letters on the outside. Yeah, that's that's the Pike House. Eric Blake was in that fraternity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Eric Blake. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the Pikes, actually, when I was in school, um, they were on... Um, uh, not probation, but they're basically like kicked off campus for like a, an amount of years because mm-hmm. they kept getting rowdy. That's all I'll say about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie too. And I remember so seeing it. Um, and it's just, yeah, I love, I love, uh, Zac Efron. I, I love Dave Franco too. And which is a nice transition into yes. a movie that I'm going to talk about, which is, um, 21 Jump Street. So when Nina was talking about her favorite movies, she mentioned 22 Jump Street. She actually, between the two, that one is her favorite. Yep. But we felt that it would be best to explain both films because they're pretty much the same movie, but you definitely have to see the first one first. Yes. So we're going to talk about both. Um, so 21 Jump Street uh, came out in 2012. Um, it is available for rent pretty much anywhere, YouTube, Amazon, iTunes, Hulu, if you have live TV. It's actually on Netflix right now. I just, what? I just watched it the other night. I looked for it on Netflix. I couldn't find it. Oh, did you pay for it? Yeah, it's fine. It was only a couple dollars. Um, So there's a ton of big names in this movie. Um, Jonah Hill plays Morton Schmidt, um, and Channing Tatum plays Greg Jenko, which are the two main characters. Um, They are two cops. This movie is based on the 80s television show. Um, but the movie, if you are familiar with the show, it is a bit more serious. I maybe not serious, dramatic. Um, <laughs> but the movies are definitely more comedic. Oh, they're so funny. They are. Um, so uh, a couple of fun facts about this movie is directed by the duo Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who also, um, I've talked about them before, um, they directed Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, the Lego movie, and produced Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It was written by um, Michael Bacall, who um, wrote Scott Pilgrim, another Ooh. great movie. It's a good movie. It is. And um, Jonah Hill also helped with the story. It had a budget of $54.7 million, made $201.6 worldwide wow. million. Um I found this, I feel like this isn't true. I got it on Wikipedia just based on some of the other statistics. So this is the top grossing high school comedy film of all time. So cool. And um, Really? Yeah, that's what that was like. Really, is it? <laughs> I don't know. But um, And it has an 85% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So I remember when this movie came out, um, thought it was hysterical. Um so, again, a few of the other characters. Um, Brie Larson, who I love. She plays Molly. Who, I think that's her first movie. No, it is not. Really? No. She was in the movie Sleepover, which came out in 2004. Had um, Alexa Vega, I think, from uh, um, Spy Kids. Oh. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. Steve Carell's in that one, too. That was one wow. of his first movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I had no idea because I actually, when I saw Room, yeah, I thought that was the first time I had seen Brie Larson. And then I went back and watched 21 Jump Street and I'm like, oh no, she's in this movie. She was also in um, a Disney Channel original movie um, with, I can't think of her name, but she was in Seventh Heaven. She's been around for a long time, but she was just in a lot of smaller roles huh. for a long time. And I feel like 21 Jump Street was probably one of her first like big breaks. Yeah. She's um, great. Yeah, she she's gone on to be Captain Marvel and um obviously was in Room, won an Academy Award for that. She's awesome. She's yes. not a huge role in this movie, but she's I would say the lead female role. Yeah. Um she's a popular girl at the high school and she's love interest of Schmidt, Dave Franco. As I said, he plays Eric, who is um the main well, I'll get into it later. Um Rob Riggle is in this. He is one of the uh teachers. And Ice Cube, of course, plays Captain Dixon. Um, there's a ton of big names for just supporting characters. So um, Chris Parnell is the drama teacher. Ellie Kemper is a science teacher. Jake Johnson is the principal. Nick Offerman plays um, the chief. Oh, my God. I love him as the chief. I, I know. He has, like, three lines. And it's so funny. He's so great. Um, also, um, Dakota Johnson is in this movie. Yep. Of uh, Fifty Shades of Grey fame. She's another one of the undercover cops. Um, 
and one of the popular girls in the limo um, was Kathy from The Office. I thought that was kind of cool. She was in this. Yeah. Kathy, if you're familiar with The Office, is only in a couple of seasons. She's not a very important character, but she's in it. And, of course, there are some cameos from um, Johnny Depp and Peter uh, DeLuise at the end, but I'll explain that later. So, if you're familiar... They were in the original 21 Jump Street, hence cameos. Okay, so the plot of the first movie is Schmidt and Janko, they went to high school together. They do a flashback to 2005. Janko was super popular and athletic, and Schmidt was kind of a nerd. Um, And they meet again at the police academy seven years later, and they become friends. Schmidt is really smart, and he helps Janko with, like, the aptitude tests, and Janko helps Schmidt with the physical tests. And after graduation, they are on park duty. It's really funny when they're, like, riding bikes through the park. Um, And they find um, a gang called the One Percenters doing a deal. And they find drugs on them. um, And they capture the leader, Domingo. Um, But they have to let him go because Janko forgot the Miranda rights and did not read them to him. Um, so because of this, like, blunder, they get reassigned to an undercover assignment on 21 Jump Street, where they need to pose as high school students at, uh, high school to infiltrate the dealers of a new street drug called HFS. Holy fucking shit, that's what it means. Um, <laughs> a student has OD'd, and actually that scene's really funny, where they show, like, the, the, the stages. YouTube video. Yeah, the stages yes. of the drug. Um, and so they need to find the supplier before the drug spreads outside the school. So, um, in order to uh, maintain this ruse, they move back in with um, Schmidt's parents, <laughs> who are like, like obsessed with like Native American, like art and yes. stuff. And so their house is covered with all these different things and all these like old pictures of Schmidt that are really funny. And, like a shrine of him. They do. So funny. Like, he looks like I died in a car crash and you <laughs> haven't moved on. Um, so they're, they live together and they go to the school and Janko's like, okay, I was popular in high school. I'm going to tell you how to, you know, be cool. But high school is not the same as it was when they were in high school mm-hmm. because now, like, it's cool to care and be smart and care about the environment and all of these things. And that's when they meet Eric, who is actually the main dealer at the school, um, and so because of how things are now for, for, you know, high schoolers, Schmidt is cool and Jenko is not. And he kind of falls in with like the nerdy group. Um, the two host a party to gain Eric and his friends trust. And um, Eric mentions to Schmidt that he only lets in people that he trusts to his business. So after the party, he kind of mentions to him the business that he's a part of. Um, meanwhile... Also happening at the party, Janko and the nerds have a wiretap put on Eric's phone, so they overhear him talking to someone about a piñata, which ends up being a delivery of drugs to the one percenters. They're trying to um, become business partners. Um, meanwhile, also Schmidt is in the school play with Molly. He asks her to go to prom. She says yes, um, but Schmidt is getting too deep into the role that he's in. Janko's like, I saw a college application on your desk, <laughs> and he's like, you know, maybe I could be a doctor or something. I could write this out, and... It's causing a rift between the two. Yeah. Um, and after the pinata, um, they follow them with the whole pinata uh, drop off. And there's a car chase between the one percenters and the cops. Um, but they get away. The two cause a scene at the school play and it gets them expelled and kicked out of 21 Jump Street. Um, so as Jenko's leaving um, Schmidt's parents' house, um, Eric stops them and he's like, get in the car. And they think that they've been found out. But actually... Eric doesn't think that they're behind it. He's like, hey, you, I trust you guys. There's no way you're cops. Here are some guns. Um, I'm going to need you guys as backup. There's going to be a huge uh, deal at prom. I'm going to need you guys there. So um, they show up as like vigilantes, still undercover. Um, Schmidt finds Molly. She's high on the drug, and he confesses to her the truth of what's going on and that she needs to leave for her own safety. Um, and meanwhile, the nerds are recording the entire conversation for evidence. Um, Janko and Schmidt go up with Eric to the penthouse to find that Coach Walters um, is the supplier slash the creator of the drug. And he wrangled Eric into it basically to blackmail him because he found him smoking pot. Um, and then the one percenters show up to the drop. Um, Molly ends up giving away, they're blowing their cover, calling Schmidt a cop. And then this is when there's uh, the big shootout. But before that, two of the guys in the gang 
remove their disguises. They're, they reveal they're in the DEA and they've been doing their own investigation on this gang for like five years. And now their <laughs> cover's been blown. And this is when we see Johnny Depp and uh, Peter DeLuise. They get shot and are dying on the floor <laughs> and are having this like big heart to heart. And Oh, it's um, so cute. It is. <laughs> and um, Johnny Depp's character is like, you know what? I'm sorry I was such an asshole to you. Like, you were the most important person to me. And Schmidt's like, you know, he kind of realizes hey i've been kind of a dick to to janko this whole time like i got too into deep into the undercover uh role and you know i'm still a cop and he's still my buddy so um then there's another shootout and a chase and with some limos trying to get to the gang and walters walters actually takes molly hostage um janko uses this is actually a cool scene he uses the information that he learned with with the nerdy guys to create a bomb throws it into one of the limos and it explodes that gets a few of the gang members and then schmidt shoots walters in the junk and they (laughs) both read him the miranda rights and he's arrested um schmidt apologizes to molly and she thanks him for saving her life um captain dixon congratulates the guys they, you know, get back on Jump Street, and he assigns them to their next assignment, which is to go to college. So that's the end of the first movie. Um, one thing I did skip out on was um, when they go meet Eric for the first time, and they ask for the drugs, that he makes them take it there. And so there's this whole sequence of them on the drug that is hysterical. So funny. Like there's, so funny. Like, the tripping's really funny because Walter's, like, his head turns into, like, a whole bunch of different things. Like, his eyebrows <laughs> like become Tommy. a mustache. He becomes an ice cream cone. <laughs> and um, Janko, like, he's, like, in the band room, like... Just, just like, destroying things. Like, running into the instruments. <laughs> the and um, uh, Schmidt goes into the drama class and, like, just does a super over-the-top performance, and it's so funny. <laughs> and they cast him as Peter Pan, like, mm-hmm. right there. It's yep. so funny. It is great. Um, and like I said, there's a ton of, like, great cameos in this uh, movie. Chris Parnell is the drama teacher. He's really funny. Ellie Kemper, if you um, are familiar, is from The Office, and she's also in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. She's a science teacher, and she's, like, super hot for Janko, even though she thinks he's a high school student. So there's some funny awkwardness there um like i said nick offerman has a little a little bit that's that's great so that's the first one and then the second movie so uh fun fact about this movie they decided to make a sequel almost immediately after um the first one was made it um was released in 2014 and it is also available for rent anywhere that you can rent movies um like i said with the first unfortunately though it is not on netflix it must have like just gotten added to netflix because i tried to find it and it wasn't there like, it must have literally just gotten added. Or maybe I'm dumb and missed it. I don't know. Anyway, so um, pretty much the same cast for the second film, except we have a few new people. So um, Peter Stormare is the ghost who's the head of a new gang. Um, Amber Stevens-West plays Maya, who um, is a student at the college. She's also um, Captain Dixon's daughter, which is important later. Um, Wyatt Russell plays Zook Haith, who is... Um, a football player. He's also Kurt Russell's son. Really? Yeah, which I thought was interesting. I kind of see that now. Yeah. I did not know that. You know, once you look at his face, you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Also, he turned down a role in The Hunger Games for this movie. Hmm. Interesting. Jillian Bell plays Mercedes. She was in Workaholics, among other things. Um, I thought this was amazing. Jimmy Tatro plays Rooster, who was another one of the frat guys. Um, he, I guess, has like a YouTube channel of um, just, a, you know, I don't know, hundreds of videos and he has thousands of followers. He also is on this like fake reality show, The Real Bros of Simi Valley that I watch. That's like a Facebook show and he is hilarious. So when I saw, I rewatched this movie the other day, I was like, he looks so familiar and that's mm. what he's from. Um, and Queen Latifah also has a small role as Mrs. Dixon. Yes. Um, a few other cameos, most of them are at the very, very end, but Richard Grieco is in there. Um, Patton Oswalt plays one of the professors. And then at I the, love him as a, the professor too. He's so funny. He's just great. I love I Patton love Oswalt. Um, there's also Bill Hader, Anna Ferris, and Seth Rogen have small cameos at the end, but I'll yes. explain that later. Same writers and directors. Um, the movie takes place two years after the plot of the first film. 
Um, Schmidt and Jenko are after a gang of drunk dealers led by a man named Ghost. They're failing to do their job. There's a scene where they pretend to be like, I don't know, like Mexican, like drug dealers. Oh my God, that's so funny. My name's Jeff. Um, um, the Mexican Wolverine. <laughs> He's talking about like Dora the Explorer, like yes. some guy named Boots. Well, that's not his name. And then they open up the truck and it's a bunch of like exotic animals. This like octopus attacks Schmidt's face and the gang, of course, gets away. And so they're put back on the program to go undercover. And it's now at 22 Jump Street. Ha ha ha. Um, because Which is the church across the street. Yes. <laughs> Instead of the um, Korean Jesus, it is now Vietnamese, Vietnamese Jesus. Um, so the assignment is to locate the supplier of a drug known as Wi-Fi, which is an acronym, work hard, yes, play hard, yes, that killed a student. So very similar to the first movie. That's pretty much like the like the shtick of this film is it is almost exactly like the first. But it, it's very aware of that. It makes yes. a lot of jokes about it. Um, so they have a photograph of the student buying the drug. So now they need to find the person in the photo who is allegedly dealing it. Um, but the main difference between this film and the first is Janko is now popular again. He falls in with the popular crowd at the college and, um, Schmidt is not. Um, so Janko quickly falls in with a bunch of football players. So Zook and Rooster, um, Schmidt is this time seen as the nerd, the geek. He gets the attention of an art student, Maya, after they meet at a slam poetry reading, which is really funny. So funny. Uh, Cynthia, Christ died for our Cynthia's. Slam poetry. Pretty great. Um, He finds out that she lived across the hall from Cynthia, um, the girl who OD'd, and um, they hook up um, the night that they meet. Or maybe, I don't know if it's the night that they meet. But they hook up pretty quickly. And um, Mercedes is Maya's roommate. She used to be Cynthia's roommate. And Maya felt bad for her because her roommate died. So she asked her to live with her. But Mercedes is, like, super weird. And she, she's really mean. She is very mean. And she makes all these, like, old guy jokes to Schmidt. So he, like, he just kind of, like, brushes it off. Like, oh, she's just being an asshole. But she kind of is on to him that he's not really a college student. Um, so Schmidt brags about hooking up with this college student to Dixon, but he later finds out that she is his daughter. So there's a really funny scene where they, um, are, it's some sort of like college, like parents day or something weekend. And he's just like making a scene. Uh, Dixon is because he's mad, but he can't blow the cover of his undercover agent. So he's like texting him like you're dead. Doug, like in, I'm kill in, you, Doug. in quotes. Um, so, uh, meanwhile, Jenko starts bonding with Zook, who encourages him to join the football team, and they just are really hitting it off. They're um, very similar. Um, but the pair are unable to find out who the supplier is, so they meet with Walters and Eric, who are in prison. This is a funny little scene where they come back for a little bit. Um, Walters points out that the dealer has a tattoo, so they go in search of the tattoo. Jinko, while hanging out with Zook, finds out that it's him who has the tattoo, and he's unable to come to terms with the fact that his new friend is the supposed dealer. Um, Jenko and Schmidt are asked to join the frat that Zook and Rooster are in, um, but they, they show a little scene, and this was like one thing, like... This is so, this movie does a really good job of depicting what college is actually like because um, like they have the scene where they show like all the stuff that they brought to their room, like beanbag chair, like bath, oh my God, bathroom tote. And I'm like, that that is exactly all the stuff that I brought. Um, but also like with how they go through like the pledges and rush, like when they're like talking about all the different potential, you know, all the pledges, like, it wasn't like that for my sorority, like, exactly, but it was kind of like, oh, nostalgia uh, brought me back, but um, they overhear them talking about um, Schmidt and Janko, and with Janko, they're like, oh, yeah, he's, he's so great, like, he's totally a brother, and then they talk about Schmidt, they're like, no, he's so lame, he and sucks. <laughs> like, we don't like him, but um, Zook says, you know, we're not gonna, they're brothers, we're not gonna get, um, Brad without Doug is Brad and Doug. I, I don't think I ever mentioned that. Are there like fake names? Anyway, um, so they kidnap them both and they again think that they've been found out, but it's actually part of the um, not like pledging, I guess. And they have to do all these like drinking games, and uh, Schmidt just doesn't want to do it. 
Um, so it causes further divide between the two. They later realize that Zook was not the dealer, but he's just another customer, and it was actually Cynthia who was dealing the drugs. Um, and then there's a scene where they find Ghost in the library. That's pretty funny. And they chase after him, <laughs> lose him again, and they crash this like little car into the goalpost, and it sets on fire and it falls over. Schmidt is getting arrested, but then he, he covers for Janko and says, oh, he's just a student. He didn't know, um, but I'm a cop. So he lets Janko stay in school while he basically gives himself up. Yeah. And uh, Maya finds out, and she's upset. One of the teachers gets, or the professors, gets outed as having a relationship with Cynthia, and he was the dealer. So the mission gets closed, but Schmidt doesn't think that that's actually the end of it. So it's spring break, and a lot of the students go to Puerto Mexico, and um, Schmidt follows Ghost there, and Django joins him for one final mission. The pair head to the beach to find Ghost as he's likely to be dealing the drug there, but they find Mercedes to be handing out the drug, and we find out that she is Ghost's daughter, and she actually framed that professor because he gave her a bad grade. Mm. Um, the pair ambush Ghost, Mercedes, and the gang with Dixon and the rest of the Jump Street, which I didn't mention, but like the nerds, like started working for Jump Street, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, a ghost attempts to flee in a helicopter. Mercedes takes Dixon hostage after shooting him in the foot. Um, Schmidt tackles her and she's handcuffed. And they also have this like fight scene where she keeps trying to like kiss him. And he's like, <laughs> what are you doing? And she's like, what? You, you were like looking like you wanted to kiss me. And it's like back That's and so forth. Funny. It's pretty good. Um, Schmidt and Janko go after ghost and um, they throw a grenade into the helicopter and it explodes and falls into the ocean. And then Janko and Schmidt decide to continue to work together. Um, and with another successful mission, he assigns them to their next assignment, which is medical school. And the end credits is just a slew of parodies, like 23 Jump Street, 24 Jump Street, 25 Jump Street, um, with all these like fake movie posters being like vet school, culinary school, dance academy, military school. And that's where like these other cameos come in. Like Bill Hader is like a crazy like killer chef and Anna yes. Ferris and um Seth Rogen like replaces uh Schmidt and one where they joke that like Jonah Hill had like a con like a pay issue or something um so that was pretty funny too um this movie had a budget of 50 this was weird Wikipedia said 50 to 84.5 million I don't know what the range means but it made $331.3 million. Dang. And it has an 84% of approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. A lot of people, um, I would say Nina included, say that they like this one better, um, that it improves on the original. Me personally, I like the first one more. Um, but they are both great comedies you, and they're fun. And What do you like more about the first one? Um... I don't know. I just... Do you like the story better? I think I like the story better, and I think I just like the people in it, yeah. I guess. Um, I don't know. I just thought... I just thought... I, I get that it's the point that it's supposed to be almost exactly the same. Yeah. Like, it's very it's very meta movie. Like, it knows what it's doing. Mm-hmm. But I just... I personally thought that, you know, the joke was fine just being done once not that i think the second one shouldn't have been made but for me it was just kind of like oh well, i already saw it just yeah. different 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 people same jokes but there was talks of there being a third mm-hmm. and um it never happened obviously i'm glad that that didn't happen. yeah um channing tatum never signed on to it because he's like i just don't know if you could do it three times no i don't think you could i think that was the best part about the second one is that the, the fact, fact that it was making fun of itself the whole time like mm-hmm. there's like a joke that they're saying when they're in um the like in the office at the at the police station and they're like it, like nothing's ever the like as good the second time around or whatever mm-hmm. like they're making fun of it the whole time and i think that it just wouldn't be as no good if they had done it again the fake parodies at the end are enough yes the fake parodies are the best like one of the best parts of the movie i think so that is uh, 21 and 22 Jump Street. And then our final movie is uh, Crazy Stupid Love. Yes. Crazy Stupid Love is, if you haven't seen it before, it follows the love stories of several different characters in the movie. So the plot summary of this movie is actually pretty long because so many different things happen for so many different people. And you mm-hmm. can see how all these people like relate to each other in the movie. So it came out in July of 2011. 
It's about two hours long. Um, a lot of things happen in this movie. The cast is star-studded. It's super great. Um, Steve Carell is the main character, or one, I guess one of the main characters, Ryan Gosling, um, Julianne Moore, Emma Stone, and then Marissa Tomei is in it, and then also Kevin Bacon has a little little moment in there, too. Mm-hmm. Love also, him. fun fact, um, Annalie Tipton plays the daughter in that movie. Mm-hmm. Does that name sound familiar to anybody? Does anyone watch America's Next Top Model? She was a finalist in one of the seasons. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Wow. She made it to number three, like the third no idea. top three spot. Yep. I have not seen um, anything about her since this movie came out. My mother-in-law is obsessed with America's Next Top really? Model. Yes. Yep. That's awesome. Um, it was directed by Glenn Fiacara and John Requa. Um, there's a $50 million budget for the movie, and it made $145 million in the box office with a 79% um, liking on Rotten Tomatoes. Ryan Gosling was nominated for Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Motion Picture Musical or Comedy for his performance that he did not win, which is a bummer because his character is amazing in this movie. He does great. Yes, and you can find it on HBO or Hulu. So. It's been out for a little bit, but still, I see it advertised quite a bit on the streaming services because it's just such a good movie. Um, like I said, the the plot summary for this movie is is pretty lengthy, but so many different things happen. So we're kind of following all of these different characters, separate stories, sort of. Um, so it starts with Cal Weaver, who's Steve Carell. He's a middle-aged man. He's out um, with his wife, Emily, who is played by Julianne Moore, and she tells him that she wants a divorce so they've been married for 25 years and she says that she has been cheating with him cheating on him with her co-worker david lindhagen david lindhagen oh my god and they make a lot of references to the, to him and he's played by kevin bacon which i mean i don't know why julianne moore would want to leave steve Carell for kevin bacon i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> but that's what happens she wants to leave him She's been unhappy. Um, when they're coming home from dinner, she's trying to talk to Cal in the car about it, and he just, like, cannot handle it. He, like, literally throws himself out of the car and, like, is rolling down the street. Mm-hmm. It's super dramatic, but it's really, it is really sad. Like, you definitely feel bad for him um, in this scene because he is just totally blindsided by her asking for a divorce. When they get home, um, Jessica Riley is a babysitter, and she is babysitting their two children, Robbie and Molly, um, and Cal, she, basically she sees that Cal looks like he jumped out of a car. He looks like shit. So she's like, what happened? And Cal is just straight up like, well, Mrs. Weaver wants a divorce. And unfortunately his son Robbie hears him. So he's like, oh crap, I got to get out of here. So he offers to drive Jessica home. And she's talking about how she thinks it's so crazy that Mrs. Weaver would want to divorce him. And he's such a great guy. We definitely get vibes from her that she is interested in Cal or like has a little like adult crush on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he drops her off. Then you see we have a scene where Cal is moving to his own little apartment. Um, and then he leaves the kids, Robbie and Molly, at home with Emily. They just come over to visit occasionally. And they're doing like kind of a, a little trial joint custody thing while they're beginning the divorce process. So he is super sad. He goes out to this local bar every night and is just being like super dramatic, getting trashed, like talking really, really loudly to the bartender and to like anybody that will listen to him or even just to himself about how terrible his life is and how his wife left him for David Lindhagen. <laughs> and it's so dramatic. You do really feel bad for him. Um, but there's another man at the bar that is there pretty frequently who's a kind of a womanizer, and we see him taking different women home all the time. And it is Jacob Palmer, who's played by Ryan Gosling. So they, they, they show a scene just a little bit earlier where um, Jake is hitting on this um, girl, Hannah, who's at the bar with her friend, and um, she just, like, completely blows him off. And, like, if you know what Ryan Gosling looks like, he is beautiful. And so you're like, how, you know, he, and also he's just like, well, like I've never been turned down before. Like, that's pretty weird. And, um, and then you learn about this character and she is like in law school, right? Or she's like yeah. finishing law school. She's finishing law school and she's been in, in a relationship um, with her boyfriend, Richard, who's played by Josh Groban. Josh Groban. Yeah. And she's kind of, they're celebrating, they go out to celebrate her passing the bar exam and she expects him to propose at this 
celebration there with all of their friends. Um, and Richard does not propose. He just talks about how proud he is of, of his girlfriend and whatnot. And he offers her a job. Yeah, instead. he offers her a job, basically. So she's just like pissed. Um, and she ends up going back. Well, that's kind of, we kind of skipped ahead a little bit. Well, this is all kind of going on at the same time. There's yes, all these true. like intertwining stories. Yeah. So meanwhile, Jake, uh, Jacob and uh, I don't, Jake and um, Cal, like Jake's trying to teach Cal how to like yeah, be more confident. He sees Cal at the, at the bar and is like, God, look at this like, pathetic man. Doesn't know how to talk to women. Doesn't need to be like. Wear sneakers. <laughs> yes. He just looks terrible. He's like telling everyone that will listen or anyone that like won't even listen at the bar about all this problem so he's like you know what like I'm pretty good with ladies let me teach you how to like talk to women and um just how to be a confident man again and Cal doesn't understand why this stranger wants to help him but he's like okay sure um and they have they have like this makeover scene which is really hilarious um where Jacob takes Cal out to like the mall and they get him new clothes he spends a fortune on getting all these really nice clothes um oh my gosh he has a Velcro wallet, and Jacob has this look on his face. He's just like so embarrassed, like so, like yeah, just disgusted that he can't would believe have this kind of wallet. He's like, well, no wonder you couldn't get laid, pretty much. But yeah, it's so funny. Um, but it works, and he he teaches Cal how to talk to women, and Cal actually, well, it it works to an extent. So he ends up picking this woman up at the bar, Kate, who is Marissa Tomei. And he takes her home. Um, she wants to follow up. She really likes Cal because he's honest. And he doesn't call her. Instead, he goes around and sleeps with all these other different women because he has realized that he can do this. And that um, basically he's trying to turn himself into Jake and be this kind of like womanizer. And he's just trying to get himself back out there. Um then he meets up with Emily at Robbie's parent-teacher conference, and he realizes that Kate is Robbie's teacher. Mm-hmm. And then Kate is so pissed because Cal never called him back. So she totally outs him in front of his wife and says, like, he like he slept with me. He never called me back, whatever. Emily's super upset. Cal tells her that he has been sleeping around, that he is just trying to, you know, feel better about their separation. Um, and so that, that makes Emily mad and she just starts to like really actively start dating David Lynn kind of in a, in a way, in a retaliation in a way. Um, and then meanwhile, we kind of go back to Hannah hooking up with, um, Jake, which we know as the viewers that Jake is this guy that is, you know, helping Cal and he's also kind of taking an interest in Hannah, um, when she leaves the, the law, the bar party, um, from when she passed her bar exam, she's pissed her boyfriend because he didn't propose. She goes and finds Jake and is like, do you still want to like hook up with me? And he's like, yes. So he takes her back to her, his house, which is amazing. Um, they have this super cute night together. They don't even end up actually sleeping together. They just talk and laugh and, and fall asleep. And, um, you see that he actually gets a phone call from Cal and he ignores it. So that's kind of a, a little foreshadowing moment. Um, meanwhile, Emily and David Lindhagen are kind of dating. Um, Forgot one big thing that Robbie has a huge thing for his babysitter. Yes. He's in love with that's her. That's another little like cute little side story mm-hmm. that little kid, and I'm not sure how, how old Robbie is supposed to be, like maybe like, He's like 13 or 14, yeah. and she's like 17. So she's not that much older than him, but like, you know, when she you're that young. She thinks it's gross. Yeah, when you're that young, like a 17-year-old girl, you'd never want to date a 14-year-old boy. Yeah, and so, and she's obsessed with an older man. Mm-hmm. So she has no interest in Robbie or anything like that. But um, <laughs> Emily and David are on a date, and Emily and David come back to her house, and Jessica has the babysitter, and... Jessica basically calls her out for, like, just being a, a shitty lady and was like, how could you cheat on Cal? I don't want your slutty money. Mm-hmm. Um, she's so upset that she let such a good guy go, um, which kind of sparks a little, like, a little thing in Emily. She's like, oh, ouch. Yeah, that was kind of a shit move. Um, 
when Jessica gets home, she takes all these nude photos of herself on her phone. Or no, it wasn't on the phone. It was like it's on like a camera. camera yeah. On a camera um, with real printouts that she's going to give to Cal, who one of her classmates tells her that you know in order to get an older man you have to like do these things so she takes these pictures and puts them in an envelope and hides it in her room because she's going to give it to cal later um later on emily calls cal um saying that she needs help with something at home but really she kind of just wants to see him so she's like oh i need you to come to the house and um fix this pilot light um it's kind of it's obviously just kind of like a ruse because she just wants to see him and she sees the work that he's doing for her and realizes that she misses him she's kind of trying and then cal is like oh well i'm gonna kind of try and win her back he realizes that he's been kind of a he's just been sleeping around it's not really doing anything for him um jacob finally gets back to cal he had been ignoring his calls and he tells cal that he is in a real relationship with a woman um who we know is hannah and that's why he's been so busy he's going he really he's going to meet her parents he's really excited he's never felt this way about anybody before um and then jessica's mom the jessica the babysitter her mom finds these naked photos meanwhile in the room and she's like oh my god and she put it in an envelope that said cal's name on it so she's like oh my god my daughter's sleeping with this older man she freaks out so then we kind of come to the culmination of everything that jacob's on his way to go meet hannah's parents um cal is at his house with emily um and then Jessica's mom is stomping Jessica over to Cal's house because she's going to confront him. So oh, it's the dad. She shows the pictures to the dad, and the oh, dad's yeah. like, "Fuck that!" And he like starts driving to the house. Yeah. So this is like a very hyped up moment that all of these things are happening. So, um, and there's also a really cute moment where Cal is like, um, he says he's going to win Emily back, and so he has the kids, Robbie and Molly, create this little like mini golf course in their backyard um that was supposed to be reminiscent of their first date to mini golf which is super cute and so he says he's gonna you know tell emily how he feels um how he wants to get back together and then everybody arrives at the house and we find out that hannah is actually cal and emily's older daughter that they'd had before they got married i think right like she was like they're a, in like high school oopsie. yeah she's an oopsie baby which is why she's so much older than robbie and molly cal realizes that emily or that Hannah's boyfriend is Jacob, who had been helping him. Um, Jessica and her dad get there. Jessica realizes that like um, that they're getting back together. Cal gets punched. Like there's just a, a big like fight scene where everybody's freaking out, coming to all these realizations. Cal's super upset that. Um, and David Lindenhagen shows oh, up. Oh, yeah. Too. And then David Lindenhagen shows up. So everyone's punching up. everyone. <laughs> it's, there's this big fight scene, which is actually really funny, but it's just all out of all these emotions that all of these realizations have come, um, come up. And Jacob says that he's in love with Hannah. It, that's really sweet. Their relationship is really sweet. Um, and everything just kind of falls apart, and everybody's like pissed at each other. But then eventually Cal says that he is we kind of he comes comes to terms with things and realizes that Jacob's actually not that bad of a guy because he yes, he was a womanizer, but he's actually found somebody that he really cares about. Um, and that person is Hannah, and so he kind of gives them his blessing in a way. Um, he doesn't want to harbor any ill feelings for him anymore anymore. And Jacob says that Cal's a great father. Um, everything kind of patches up in a little in a way. Um, and then in the end, it they're at Robbie's eighth grade graduation. This is kind of the cute little part where everything gets wrapped up. Um, Robbie is like the like the valedictorian of the eighth grade class or whatever. So he's giving a speech and he talks about how he he doesn't believe in true love anymore. It's really cute because he is referencing not only his his parents and everything that happened with them, but the fact that Jessica his love for Jessica is unrequited. Um, Cal gets up there and stops him and insists that he's going to make things right with Emily and that he he kind of alludes to all of these things that have been going on too and uh, he <laughs> it's really cute and he says he's never he's never going to give up on Emily she's in the crowd obviously everybody's in the crowd um, 
Robbie talks about how his love for Jessica in his speech, which is like mortifying for her, but mm-hmm. it's really cute anyway. And then afterward, they all kind of get back together. Hannah and Jacob are together. Cal gives them his blessing. Cal and Emily kind of reunite a little bit. Um, and then Jessica gives Robbie a little kiss on the cheek. It's just such a sweet movie. Mm-hmm. Everything kind of comes together at the end. Um, and you have a you have a sort of like a they just hint that you think that em, like Cal and Emily are gonna get back together basically mm-hmm. towards the end of the movie. You're like, okay, they're kind of they're they've kind of rekindled their relationship. There's not as many ill feelings anymore, and that it actually might work out for them. So yeah. it's really sweet movie. Um, I talked about in previous episodes that I like when you're kind of taking on a ride in a movie where you're trying to find you're coming to your own conclusions throughout the movie. I don't know what you call it when when the viewer knows more than the characters in the movie. What do you call that? I mm, I, I love I love that perspective when we obviously know that like we knew that Jacob was seeing Hannah but we didn't know that but Han- we, didn't, we know. didn't know that Hannah was their daughter cuz they kept right. referring to this Nana person. Yes. Um in the movie like oh Nana says hi or whatever but we didn't know who Nana was and Nana's like her nickname. Right. And so when it all comes together we're like oh shit they had another kid and right. so like we that scene where like they're all like coming to these realizations like we're also coming to those realizations and it's super funny and just like I just I just love the way that Ryan Gosling says is it David Lindenhagen however you say like how he's like you're David Lindenhagen you're the one who's caused my friend all this pain and like punches him in the face poor Kevin Bacon's character is just like shit on this whole movie which is hilarious but also he slept with somebody who's married yeah he broke up a a family so I mean they get back together in the end but still yes dang Kevin Bacon um, we're already at 58 minutes, so I don't think we're going to have time for what else we're watching. So okay. I think we can just cool. keep going. Um, all right. So those are all of Nina's favorite movies. Well, some, because again, I took some of them for my yes. episode. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I want to ask you, Nina, again, why are these your favorite movies and why, why comedies and romantic comedies so much? Like why, why is that your favorite genre? I think that it's, it's comfortable for me. Um, I've, I think I've talked on here before too about how I don't, I'm just not one of those people that like surprises. So horror movies freak me out because you just don't know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm always that person that's like literally Googling what's going to happen while I'm watching the movie. I'm such a party pooper in that way. But with comedies, there's usually not any like <laughs> terrifying like anxiety about what's going to happen at the end. So it's comfortable for me. I like to laugh. Um, rom-coms two are I just they're just super sweet like they're good feel good movies um I I don't know I just am more of a lighthearted person I like to use movies and tv shows as sort of like an escape from real life and so um I was actually going to review another movie and then last minute I changed it because I didn't want to be sad like we talked about when we Mm -hmm. reviewed Marriage Story that it was just like so depressing and I just try not to go out of my way to make myself feel sad you know when I'm trying to escape from life in yeah. general and kind of get lost in a movie but um the other movie that I really do love is Seeking a Friend for the End of the World um, with Steve Carell and Kira Knightley but that movie is super depressing I mean it's exactly what it says it is um, that in that movie the world is ending and it's just about two people that kind of they don't want to go through it alone it's really sad um, my husband always makes fun of me because when we watch that movie it's like one of the only movies that will make me cry because it's just so sad yeah, but sad, yeah, um, yeah I, I don't really go out of my way to watch those kinds of things because I use movies and TV shows to like cheer me up Yeah. so these were really great um, so many laughs so many one liners um, 21 and 22 Jump Street are kind of like hot rod to me. That I, It's like 100% quotable. Like my husband and I know every line of both of those <laughs> movies. They're just so funny. Neighbors too. Um, we know all the lines to that one too. So I remember seeing 21 Jump Street like in my first apartment. And um, it was like the summer after it had come out. And I, I like remember just being like, how have I not seen this movie already? Because it is hysterical like I have laughed harder at that movie than I have laughed at like a lot of movies like it's to me still like rewatching it because I obviously rewatched it for this podcast I hadn't seen it in a while Mm -hmm. and I mean I still thought it was funny it's to me it was one of those movies that 
it, I don't know. We'll never live up to how funny it was the first time I saw it, but oh. it's still really good. Like, it's not like I didn't like it. It was just like that first time I was just like rolling on the floor, like yeah. dying. But it's still a, a very funny movie. For me, the more I watch it, the more I pick up on little tiny things like this. We just watched it again. We watched 21 Drum Street a couple days ago, and there was a line in it that I had never heard before. And I'm like, I've seen this movie a thousand times, and I never even picked up on this little tiny thing, which is like the best part about those movies is all the little nods to everything. Like mm-hmm. like Ice Cube is in the movie, and they're playing um, Straight Outta Compton. They make a reference to him in 22 Jump Street, and they're like, Dixon's office is like a cube of ice. (laughs) I didn't catch that. Oh, my God. It's so funny because he has this, like, glass office. Mm -hmm. It's so funny. The more you watch it, the better it gets. Um, Well, let's get into our ratings of these movies. I don't Um, know your ratings. Obviously, mine are all good. Yeah. I I like all of these movies. Um, Can I rate them in order of, like, which ones I like the best? Like, from, like, least to to best? Yeah. Because I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like collectively I'd give them all, like, either four or four and a half out of five stars. Mm-hmm. To me, they're all great, but none of them are, like, a perfect five. Um, but I'd say, like, the one I like the least, I don't know. I remember enjoying all of these movies, but I'd say maybe the least for me is Neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 22 Jump Street, 21 Jump Street, um... And then, um, well, actually, I think I would say Neighbors, 22 Jump Street, Crazy Stupid Love, and then 21, as far as which ones I enjoy, like, from least to most. most. They're all great. Um, And they all came out, like, kind of around the same time, Um, like, the early to mid 2010s. Mm -hmm. Um, I also love a good rom-com. I do love Crazy Stupid Love. I love everybody in it. I love a good, like, a... This isn't even a dramatic role for Steve Carell, but it's definitely not like super comedic either. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just love him. I love Julianne Moore. I love Ryan Gosling. I love Emma Stone. I just love the story of you know to never give up on love, and we all go through our hardships, but you know just never give up on it, and to always work to. Um, and, and I just love, I love you know how it's this man who kind of forgot to show his wife that he loved her and And she talks about that in the very beginning of the movie when he's being super dramatic and jumps out of the car Mm -hmm. she's trying to tell him why she cheated on him and And he he just like doesn't want to listen to it but it's obvious I mean it's probably the reason that a lot of people have issues in their marriage is that you get super comfortable and then you just stop trying you stop doing the little things and that's what makes the difference in relationships absolutely it does which is then what he does at the end and I think that's what ultimately kind of wins her back is that he realizes that I stopped doing these things for the person I love and I need to make an effort every day but I love a movie that makes you like takes you on a journey of your own like self-realization of like what's happening in the movie how you can relate it to your own life it's just it's really good what's that one um with jennifer aniston and all the characters and all their like interwound relationships he's just not that into you oh that's coming to netflix i love that yes i loved that too kind of the same thing that you're like on this little adventure of like okay how do these all these intertwining characters yes i love that i love that movie it's really good to talk about that one sometime because it's one of my absolute favorites um and i love i I love it like i said i love a good comedy when i love about 21 and 22 jump street is they're very smart and they're very like it's like i i can only watch so much of comedies that are just like dumb jokes yes. like toilet humor like i can only handle so much of that totally agree. these movies are f- just truly funny and just based on the people who wrote them like i love scott pilgrim like that movie is really funny mm-hmm. and really smart um and i i love jonah hill and almost everything he's in yes um channing tatum does a great job in this too um, yes. And all the supporting actors are great, too. Like, I don't think there's a weak link. Like, in the second one, you have, you know, the twins that are constantly, you know, saying the same thing. Oh, my and God, yes. They're funny. And just, like, everybody does just such a spectacular job. With Neighbors, like, I love Seth Rogen. Rose Byrne is hilarious. And, of course, you know, Dave Franco and um, Zach Efron are great, too. I love, I just love a good comedy that it's not only funny, but it's smart and it's just it, it doesn't rely on like super lowbrow humor but I, i'll True. admit like there are movies like that that i'll laugh to as well mm-hmm. but i i just love a good smart 
comedy. Also, my some of my favorite top male eye candy pieces <laughs> are in all of these movies. It's true. Which does not didn't actually lead me to pick them. I just like they just so happened I just happened to, happen to be looking at this list and I'm like, damn. Ryan Gosling is so amazing. He is. Channing Tatum is so amazing. Zach Efron, Dave Franco, like man, there's some great top guys tier, out there. Funny, good looking men. And I mean, hey, Steve Carell is a silver fox. Let's he be real. He is for sure. He is a very handsome man as he's, well. He's come a long way since Forty Year Old Virgin. I know that was like that was his big break. That movie yes. like made him a star. God, I love him so much. He's wonderful. Um, but yeah, thank you for um picking such funny movies for us to talk yes. about. Oh, I didn't. We didn't do your ratings. Would you give them all? Oh, I would, would give, them, give them all, all fives. fives. Yes, I just love them all. <laughs> They're if all I had just to great. Rank, if I had to rank them and like which ones you like. <sighs> Best. That's hard. I mean, I would go 22 Jump Street, then probably 21, then probably Crazy Stupid Love, and then Neighbors. Um, Neighbors is really short. I don't know if I said that. It's only 97 minutes long. Wait, so that was from least to most? So you like Neighbors the oh, most? or No, the, the other opposite? way. Oh, okay. The other way, sorry. Yeah, the most I like 22 Jump Street. When Whenever we get in a lull of like um, when my husband and I like finish a, a series or something on Netflix and we're like, we don't know what to do next, we'll, we'll just watch 22 Jump Street. And we're just like, well, I guess it's time. That's like Watch me and my again. husband with like Tenacious D and The Watched. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, there's like go-to Those go-to movie. comedies yes. just to make you feel good. Yes. between It's usually one of these three comedies. Um, obviously not Crazy Stupid Love. But um, yeah, if we if we hit a lull and we don't know what to watch, it's going to be one of these three oh, movies. Yes. Well, some good choices there. Well, yes. thank you for giving us the opportunity yes. for some, some good laughs this week. Um, we're already into March crazy on our next episode that is crazy um we are going to have some great new content for the month of march um we're definitely going to have at least one saint patrick's irish themed movie or show possibly mm-hmm. um but um as always please let us know what you're watching like we want to know what you guys are watching what you like let us know um if you haven't already join our facebook group post on there i'm always posting um you know new shows trailers and things like that so if there's anything you see that you think would be interesting post it there let us know um but until then see you guys next time have a great weekend thank you for tuning in to another episode of atlas now streaming let us know in the comments what you're watching and if we should give it a review until next time keep streaming